How to take photos handheld, camera settings that work for sharp photos. Hi and welcome to episode 94 of the Photography Explained podcast. 94, how did I get to that? I'm your host Rick and in each episode I will try to explain one photographic thing to you in plain English in less than 10 minutes-ish without the irrelevant details. What I tell you is based on my lifetime of photographic experience and not Google. And as ever, I don't know why I speak so quickly at the introduction, but now we can slow down. Before I go on, if you have a question you would like me to answer, just go to photographyexplainedpodcast.com forward slash start. Right then, here is the answery bit. When taking photos handheld, you need to hold your camera correctly, have a fast enough shutter speed, and carefully press the shutter release button. You need to use a combination of aperture, shutter, and ISO that work for the selected focal length. Once you have a blurry photo, that is that. A blurry photo will always be a blurry photo. And we don't want that, do we? Let me explain. Blurry photos. Well, blurry photos are a no. We don't want them. So we need to use the correct camera settings to get tack sharp photos. Your aim with every photo that you take should be to get as sharp an image as you can. This is a fundamental starting point in photography. And something I wish somebody told me when I was starting out, believe me. Okay, holding the camera. Well, in the last episode, I told you how to hold your camera properly. Might sound obvious, but there is a bit more to it than you might think. So if you missed this episode, I suggest you go back to it, episode 93, because it's completely related to what I'm talking about here. Camera settings. Well, shutter speed, obviously that's going to be important, isn't it? Shutter speed is our primary concern. The shutter speed determines how long the shutter is open and how long the sensor is exposed to light. You need a shutter speed that is fast enough to get a sharp photo. If you select a one second shutter speed, for example, and take a photo handheld, you're probably going to get a blurry photo that will be no use to you whatsoever. Okay, Rick, so what shutter speed should I use? Well, the old rule of thumb was that the shutter speed needed to take sharp photos handheld was a minimum of 1 60th of a second. As ever in photography, it's not that simple. Focal length has an effect on this. The focal length that you select has an influence on this. This is because with longer focal lengths you are zooming in, so you are in effect magnifying any movement. If you think about it, it's like when you're on a telescope, you've got to be really stable because you're zooming in on something, so um, the tiniest of movement gets exaggerated. So starting with 1 60th of a second, that is fine for all focal lengths up to 60 millimeters. That's one of those rare things in photography that might actually make some sense. I'm not sure of the science behind this, and obviously I don't care. So, beyond that, the shutter speed should be a larger number than that of the focal length. There was a more complicated way of explaining it, but I'm sticking with this one. If you're shooting at a 200mm focal length, then your shutter speed should be faster than 1 200th of a second. There you go, that was nice and straightforward, wasn't it? Aperture. You can change the aperture to let more light in, which will allow you to select a faster shutter speed, because a faster shutter speed will let less light in. Other than that, aperture has no influence on handheld shooting. Let me give you an example. Say your camera meter said 1 30th of a second at f8. Change the aperture to f5.6, doubling the amount of light. You can then change the shutter speed. (laughs) Shutter speed. I was doing well then, wasn't I? Four minutes in without a mistake. I was going to do a flawless episode, but it's all gone wrong. 
Let's try that again. Say your camera meter said 1 30th of a second at f8. Change the aperture to f5.6, which is doubling the amount of light. And you can change the shutter speed to 1 60th of a second, which is halving the amount of light. So one balances out the other. Same with ISO. You can use a higher ISO number, which increases the sensitivity of the camera sensor to light, which will allow you to select a faster shutter speed. So if the camera is saying that your shutter speed at an ISO of 100 is 1 15th of a second, we have a problem. You change the ISO to 200 and you can change shutter speed to get the same exposure to 1 30th of a second. And if you change the ISO to 400, you can use a shutter speed of 1 60th of a second. And an ISO of 400 should be just fine quality wise and you should have a nice sharp photo sorted. And this is actually the exposure triangle in practice. It's the combination of aperture, shutter and ISO. And this is why it's important that you know this. Blurry versus noisy. I need to sound a word of caution here. The higher the ISO number, the higher the chance of noise and other bad stuff. Now, if you're not sure what I mean, just select the highest ISO number on your camera and take a photo. Then take another photo of the same thing as ISO of 100 and compare the results. The ISO 100 should be nice and crisp and clear and the best quality you can get. At your highest ISO, it should be a digital snowstorm. Give it a whirl. Let me know how you get on. But if you have to choose between noisy or blurry, you choose noisy. A blurry photo is a blurry photo. Everyone knows that. And noise, to a point, can be dealt with. And people don't know what noise is. I mean, your photo might look rubbish, but better than blurry. Blurry, no recovery from. Image stabilisation. Now, some lenses have image stabilisation built into them. I have a Canon 70-200 f4LIS lens, which has four stops of image stabilisation, which is remarkable. So what does this actually mean? Well, I can, in theory, take a photo at 200 millimetres using a shutter speed of... Um, right, I think we need to work this one out, don't we? So if I were to use the right shutter speed, that would be 1 250th of a second, OK? One stop slower gives me 1 125th of a second. Another stop, 1 60th of a second. And the fourth gets me down to 1 30th. So <laughs> I just realised the error of my ways there. I think I probably need to go another one down to 1 15th, don't I? Yeah. So shutter speed's 1 250. One stop, 1 1 25th of a second. Two stops, 1 60th. Three stops, 1 30th. So it's four stops. It's actually 1 15th of a second. So I could have... <laughs> I made a bit of a mess of that, didn't I? Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Not to worry, I got there in the... I'm glad I noticed that, actually, because um, the ability to count to four is one I've been working on for some time now, and failed today. So in theory, I could take a photo handheld with a focal length of 200 millimetres using a shutter speed of 1 15th of a second. I've never tried it, to be honest with you, and I think that's pushing the boundaries of everything, but that's what the text says. And you can also get image stabilisation in camera bodies these days as well. Now, I know there's a lot more to this, but that's, um, that's enough for here. And I've added this to my list for a future episode, so image stabilisation coming to your ears soon. Right, let's move on. On. taking the photo smoothly now this can have a massive influence if you roll your finger gently over the shutter whilst holding the camera like i told you in the last episode this is a lot different to grabbing your camera and roughly stabbing the shutter release button okay self timer now this is an option when shooting handheld on my canon 6d i can select a two second or a 10 second self timer and what happens is you press the shutter release button and basically you stand there and wait for the timer to take the photo this takes a bit of practice but it can work well lean on something as well as holding your camera properly, you can, of course, lean on something like a wall. This will give you additional stability, which will help. You could also brace yourself in a corner and what have you. So um, anything that makes you a bit more stable. 
What do I do? Well, I use a tripod wherever possible, which I'll explain in the next episode. See, there is some thought behind how I throw this lot together. So I've eliminated this problem by using a tripod, but this stuff is important to know, as there are times when I can't physically use a tripod. Yeah, it's one of those things. You need to have it in your locker if you're using a tripod all the time, because there will come a time when you can't. The talky bit. Tack sharp photos are the aim. Blurry photos are no good. A blurry photo is a reject that should be deleted. I'm going to digress here. When I was researching an older episode, um, I found when I put blurry photos in or camera shake, there are a lot of things that you can buy to make photos look blurry, would you believe? But please believe me when I say this, sharp photos are what we're after unless there's some artistic intent behind the blurriness. So everything I've said above, it relies on one thing, which is practice. As always, practice. You need to practice with whatever your camera and lens combo is and see what you need to do to get tack sharp photos handheld. Push the ISO and see what happens. Cameras are improving year on year and you might find you can go to, I don't know, 3,200 and have acceptable levels of noise that you can deal with. I don't go beyond 1,600 on my Canon 6D and only sometimes do I have problems with noise in the shadows at the ISO, but I can deal with these in Lightroom, normally by just blanking them out completely. And regarding the shutter speed, if I'm shooting handheld at, say, 100mm, I'll use a shutter speed of not the 125th, I'd go one stop faster, the 1 250th of a second. This gives me a better chance of getting a sharp photo, and the increase in ISO of just one stop, I can probably deal with it, so um, the shutter speed being more than the focal length, that's the minimum shutter speed. Doesn't mean you have to go to that, it's the minimum. And this also depends what you're taking photos of, all of this stuff above, and that's why these rules of sum are so helpful. They are parameters, big word alert, that we can apply to whatever we're doing. One line Summary. To get sharp photos handheld, you need the correct camera settings and the correct image capture technique. I think that summed it up nicely. Related episodes. Episode 24. What does shutter mean in photography? Episode 89. Camera shake. What is it and how do I stop it happening? And of course, episode 93. How do you hold a camera properly? This is very important. And there's lots of other related to the exposure triangle. So just go to the um, episode page on the website and you'll find them all there. Next episode is episode 95. What are the advantages of using a tripod? Here are five from me. Like I say, it's a logical next thing to cover, so um, why not? Shout out. Now, something new. The shout out in this episode is to me and my new course. You can find out more at rickmacavoyphotography.com forward slash courses. If I can't use my own podcast to promote my own stuff, what can I do? Okay, I'm done. Thank you for listening to my small but perfectly formed podcast. To find out more about my podcast and do stuff to help me, check out photographyexplainedpodcast.com forward slash start. Brought to you by... This episode was brought to you very much by Yorkshire Tea. I've been Rick McAvoy. Thanks again very much for listening to me and for giving me 13 and a half ish minutes of your valuable time and i will see you on the next episode cheers from me rick my brand new course how to become a real estate photographer straight talking advice for beginners to get you making money quickly and build a career is available to buy now find out more at rickmacavoyphotography.com forward slash courses